Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. It is a wonderful to be his child this evening, and many of us could agree with that statement wholeheartedly, and, and recognizing the fact that sins are forgiven, and, and you have heaven as your home, and, and Christ is your God for all eternity. However, sometimes we don't recognize the second blessing, and the second blessing from being his child is that we have the privilege of being surrounded by his children, and his children are found in the local New Testament church, and a called out assembly of believers, and uh, uh, that was a pattern and the model as we sit, as we look at Acts chapter two and uh, concerning the church in Jerusalem and those who received the word and they gathered together to uh, bre- to have their uh, uh, to have the bre- uh, bread break it, uh, uh, broken and also have the fellowship together and also uh, hear the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and as we have the pattern even at this church, let us recognize that we have people of God gathering together and that we have the great blessing to getting to know each other and sharing our lives together. And we need to remember how privileged we are to be around people who believe in the same salvation, who believe in the same Savior, who believe in the same Scripture, and also believe in the same hope of eternal life to come. And as we live in the days of where people are forsaking church, may we be born-again believers in the name of Christ, always assemble together. And I hope church attendance is in your priority in your Christian walk. And that we gather together, not to please others, but please the Lord Jesus Christ. And because God has brought us together for his glory and also by his grace. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as he see the day approaching. You see, Jesus Christ could come back any moment. And uh, may we be found uh, together in unity. And what a great blessing we will be if Jesus Christ raptures all together in a church service like this. And uh, I hope you're not left down here, okay? And I hope everyone's taken up and that everyone is with the Lord Jesus Christ in the twinkling of an eye. And I think about how many people are forsaking church and they're always excusing themselves of uh, what they need to do and also how they worship God. And a certain attendee was coming out of church one day and the preacher was standing at the door as he always is ready to shake hands. And the pastor grabbed them by the hand and pulled them aside and said to him, you need to join the army of the Lord. I guess this pastor was somewhat militant. And my friend, and, and, and this person replied, I'm, re- I'm ready in the army of the Lord, pastor. The pastor questioned, how come I don't see you except at Christmas and Easter? And he whispered back, I'm in the secret service. And, uh, you know, a lot of people could have different excuses of how they worship God, you see. And, and uh, they could have different ideas of the church. But 
may we be found by our Savior, uh, uh, who uh, he bought us with his own blood, and uh, may we truly be found faithful and living the Christian life with our brothers and sisters in, in his name. And no other organization is more important than this in Christendom. I think about the scripture, how God lifts up his church in this matter. In First Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is a church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. What is the church? Well, according to that scripture, it is an institution of the living God. It's an institution of the living God. It is ordained by God. It is sanctified by God, purchased with his own blood. It is a direct order of his authority delegated. And I think about an article I read just uh, yesterday, and, and this pastor is a pastor of a mega church, and a lot of things I would not agree with in the, in the uh, method that he uses, and, uh, but i got to give him credit for his heart for his church. And in the last portion of his article, he says, many pastors that I know who, has, who has grown a church that big, like I, like, like I see in my ministry, they re- usually resign and start writing books, and, and they just become authors. And he says, I know they have their own callings for that, but me as a pastor love the local church because the church is the church of the living God, he writes in that article. And he also says the church was bought with his own precious blood, Jesus Christ. And that really helped, really, uh, 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 really uh, uh, encouraged my heart for that pastor to say that. And uh, I'm just simply saying with that little illustration, hey, this church is not man's organization, but this is an organization of God. And, and it was not done through just any mere, I guess, mythology, uh, 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 method or maybe uh, different uh, tactics. No, uh, we have been uh, uh, organized together and assembled together because we have been cleansed by his precious blood and uh, uh, because of the fact that Jesus Christ died on that cross. You see, we are gathered together because of a great sacrifice of our Savior. And I hope we are in always in, submit, uh, in, in the heart of sub, uh, submission and the spirit of surrender to our authority, who is our Savior, Jesus Christ, in this church. And not only the fact that we have the institution of the living God, but this is a pillar in the ground of truth. The Bible says in Matthew 28, verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. You see, Jesus Christ told the disciples, hey, make sure you teach what I have taught you. And in Acts chapter uh, 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 2, we find that they share the apostles' doctrine, not the apostles, really their doctrine, but the doctrine they have received by the Lord Jesus Christ because they have seen the risen Christ and they also are witnesses of his ministry. And uh, thank God God has preserved this word and thank God people have been saved. Uh, uh, many of them over the years, and we are here today, and as a church, having the truth saved, and then we're gathered together to worship the Lord. And as we have this church, and may we find others who visit this church, that they find the truth of the living God. And may we not ever, in any ways, try to uh, uh, please men and please the standards of the world. May we always preach the truth of the living God. 
because this church is supposed to be the pillar and the ground of truth. I think about 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. And the thing that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And uh, thank God, the, uh, thank God for the fact that we, I, I, I had some discipleship today with a couple of young men and my wife, a couple of young ladies, and, and they might be young and, and they might be uh, uh, in their early 20s. And, but I thank God for the fact that we're imparting to them the truth of God's word. And if the Lord tarries is coming, hey, they'll be able to teach the word of God they have received to the next generation as well. And we got to recognize, hey, there is a generation coming. And that's why spring banquet is so important. That's why, you know, children's Bible class is important. That's why even the, uh, the bus families that we're trying to reach, they're important. The bus kits that we bring on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, that's important. Why? Because there needs to be another generation who will carry the torch of the truth of God and that they will bring forth glory and honor to his name. And I hope our church is continuing in this endeavor to pass the truth down to the next generation. And I hope we have a heart for that. I hope we disciple people and I hope we mentor others much as possible. And God has never blessed an organization in long-term generation after generation without the local church authority. And I believe that with all my heart, if Jesus Christ gave himself for the church, hey, this is a place that God wants to work to shine his glory and also lead others to himself. And uh, the Great Commission is not given by any other organization. It's given to the local church. And we must make sure we carry forward this Great Commission and that we share the good news everywhere we go. And uh, in the workplace, and uh, in the marketplace, I hope you have some traction in your car, and that you you are always passing out the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ and letting others know about our Savior. Oh, Christ has founded the church, and he promised that the gates of hell should now prevail against it, and his assembly has been continuing for the last 2,000 years. And, uh, you know, many people want to experience church through a TV, okay? And many people want to experience church through uh, media. And and I understand their point, and they could get some truth from preaching uh, 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 by watching TV and and, uh, maybe through different videos or media. I understand that. But there is nothing more like being in presence together and, and hearing preaching together and having fellowship with one another. And it's very important as local New Testament believers that we gather together much as possible and that we're not forsaking each other and that we're always continuing to share the truth face to face because people are truly dying and going to hell and God has given us the availability by his power to preach the gospel so that people get saved. And we cannot do that unless we're gathered together, unless we're going out together, and unless we're encouraging each other. And we cannot in any sense do that in our home and trying to watch TV of some sort. And I believe local church presence is very important. And I believe we need to make sure we have that uh, 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 goal in our hearts all the time as Christ wants us to have. I think about a great example of Salvation Army. I think this ministry was 
thriving under the ministry of William Booth. Many poor and drunkards were getting saved. And, and uh, I mean, they were, uh, uh, in every sense, doing the work of God in, great, uh, in that uh, place called England. And nothing wrong with that. Praise the Lord for it. But it's quite amazing. The history records not all men were for uh, 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 Salvation Army uh, because it lacked the local church authority. And in history, uh, 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 D.L. Moody was not for it because he said it was not tied with the local church. And, and uh, I'm not putting down William Booth. I think William Booth is probably a better Christian than all of us put together, all right? In my honest opinion, I think he was a very zealous type, and he was a type A character, and he was not ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he went out to, uh, uh, not to preach to the parliament, not to preach to the rich, but preach to the poor and to those who were drunk and those who were uh, living a very wicked life. And, and, and he saw them get saved. I mean, what a great man of God he was. I'm not putting down William Booth today, but I'm just looking at the comparison, how the local church ministry goes on after generation after generation, but uh, in the truth that they have been uh, received and also in preaching the gospel. But we see Salvation Army today but they're not sharing the gospel, but they're sharing just material goods, okay? And how sad is that, by the way? And, uh, you know, uh, 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 with their history and with their uh, uh, background, they should know uh, what they should be doing and uh, concerning the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm just simply saying today that uh, uh, the delegated authority that Jesus Christ has given is not in government, not in any other organization, but it's given to the local church. And I hope we as, uh, uh, I hope we as believers gather together and live for God and carry on His great commandments and also His will. And uh, it's a great privilege to be part of the local church this evening, especially in these last days. And, uh, and that Jesus Christ could come back any time. And, uh, and if he tarries his coming, that we would continue on and that we would see God's blessing. And I, I believe we need to be grateful every day that we have Bible Baptist Church. And we need to honor the Lord every single Sunday. And we need to uh, get busy in this work every day. And we need to get passionate about reaching souls every day. And let's just simply understand how wonderful it is to be in a local church. And let us truly be grateful for it. The spirit of the church is so important. Yes, there are different culture. Yes, there are different uh, uh, personalities or maybe even interests. But we must always protect how we perceive the local church and how we carry the right spirit as we come here. Dr. Bob Jones Sr. used to say, when gratitude dies on the altar of man's heart, that man is well nigh hopeless. And uh, I hope uh, 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 in every sense you're a Christian uh, who is uh, 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 filled with hope and, and you're not hopeless, but you're carrying forth in your life that heart of gratitude in everything that you do, but especially about the local church. Hey, be grateful for Bible Baptist Church. Be grateful for being a member here. Be grateful for the people that you see every single Sunday. Hey, you'll see them in eternity. Why not enjoy it now? All right? By the way, we'll look better in heaven. Amen? And uh, we'll have a glorified body. Okay? 
And uh, I'm just simply saying it's wonderful to be here. And as Apostle Paul writes to believers in Philippi, he reminds them of some instructions on how the church should be in their spirit and how to carry themselves among themselves. And he starts off in verse 1 in Rome, uh, Philippians chapter 2, in verse 1, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort or love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies. You know, I believe he was being a little bit sarcastic and maybe rhetorical to convince them of the great availability in Christ. And of course, there is consolation in Christ. Of course, there is comfort of love. Of course, there is fellowship of the Spirit. Of course, there is bowels and mercy in the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe he is stating all those things in question so that he could get their attention. And he is challenging them and admonishing them to live in one unity in their local church. And I hope we are unified together in truth. I hope we're unified in the same purpose. I hope we're unified in the right attitude and the right spirit so that we could keep going in these days that God has given us to do the work of God and also to please him in all things. So let me give you three wisdom of instructions concerning the church of God according to this passage. Number one, let's notice the harmony, the harmony, the harmony of the church. God desires for us to be in unity, and when we're not unified in our spirit, God does not get glorified in his church. And a unified church is a byproduct of glorified Christ. Let me say that again. A unified church is a byproduct of glorified Christ. If we don't glorify Christ, if we don't lift up Jesus Christ, I guarantee you we will be divisive and we will in every way disagree and we will not prefer one another, and we will hate each other, and we will hold our grudge, and we'll be better toward each other, because we're not, in any sense, focused on Jesus, but we're focused on ourselves. And we got to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, He has already the glory, but may this church glorify Him, and may we honor Him, so that, by the byproduct, we see a great unity. Oh, if we're truly glorifying Christ, and truly we will be more unified. And harmony takes work. It doesn't come naturally. And, and, and what comes naturally is division, hatred, and also gossip. Those things come naturally. Okay? And, uh, I, and because we're sinful. Okay? And uh, we're sinners by nature. But if we're filled with the Spirit of God, I believe all my heart, and, 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 and that we surrender our lives to Him every single day. We die to self, and, and we work hard in harmony, and, 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 and the Lord really guides us in this area. I believe we'll have unity. So someone has said, Min, uh, minimize friction and create harmony. You can get friction for nothing, but harmony costs courage and self-control. And let's face it, you know, it takes a lot more work to have self-control, okay? It takes a lot more uh, 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 to be a Christian in this area uh, 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 of unity. And, and anyone, I mean, anyone could just uh, uh, bring up an argument and, and hold bitterness. Anyone could do that. But a courageous man and a courageous woman of God will have temperance and meekness and also peace in their hearts and i want to encourage you along that way and concerning the harmony of the church let's think about in verse two the like-mindedness with each other like-mindedness with each other and verse two fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded 
ye be like-minded. And you know, this is not referring to any minds that, uh, that think the same, for everyone is different. But I believe it's referring to how we are to submit and prefer one another in one mind. That is the mind that is referring to the mind of humility, the mind of Christ. Romans chapter 15, I think it's in the next slide. And let's read this together. Ready? And I hope it's easy to read here. And let's read it together. Ready? Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus, that ye may be one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive ye one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Notice that last phrase. What a convicting verse there. Wherefore, receive ye one another as Christ also received us, the glory of God. And uh, Jesus Christ received all of us. And, uh, hey, we were in sin, <coughs> and we were wicked, and, and we were uh, 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 in all ways uh, departed from him, but Jesus Christ received us. And by the example, we should be encouraged to receive one another. It doesn't matter what the other party did. Receive him as Christ received you. And uh, I believe harmony comes when we really lift up the Lord Jesus Christ and think of what Jesus Christ did for us. This is preferring one another. Like-minded people are saying in the same mind of humility, I'd rather you have it than me. I'm ready to receive you and forgive you whatever situation, whatever offense, whatever is the best for you, however I can be a blessing to you, like-minded in Christ, having the mind of Christ. And that's what harmony is all about, and that's what like-minded people do, a a group of people who are full of humility, who is ready to receive each other because they have been received by their Savior. And I want to encourage you today as we think about harmony and being like-minded, if we're having turmoil within our church, I guarantee you we will not have a heart for soul winning. We will not have heart for those visitors that come or guests that come. Why? Because we're so filled with ourselves. And we're not like-minded concerning what Jesus Christ uh, wants to offer us in unity. And, and uh, if we're not agreeing with each other, I guarantee you, we will not uh, agree with the local church ministry and the great commission that God has given us. And let us make sure we find ourselves in unity and, uh, and in like-mindedness and that we receive one another as Christ received us. You see, ultimately, it's not about your feelings. It's not about my feelings, but it's about the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us really fixate our hearts concerning that. Stop seeking for yourself. It's not your rights, not your pride. It's not your self-image. It's about Christ who wants to be glorified. And let's not try to compete with each other here, God's people say. All right? God has different, God has given you different gifts. God has given you different personalities. And, and some of you are type, type A and and I don't know what other types there are, but you might fall in the other category. And, and you might be, in, in every sense, an uh, introvert. I don't know. Hey, just don't compete with each other. Don't compare yourself with one another and measuring yourself uh, with others. And uh, according to the Bible, you are not being wise. 
And, uh, and we got to make sure that we are, are, we are in our place, what God has given us, and we do faithfully uh, with the, uh, 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 the gifts that God has imparted to us. And, and let us make sure we're not in competition with each other. And I think about our body even today, and just simple illustration, you know, my hand is not in competition with my foot. And, uh, you know, my hand will not, hopefully it never says, I could walk better than you, okay? And, uh, you know, and I start really walking with my hand. It'll not work, okay? And, uh, you, know, uh, 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 you know, my legs are two times stronger than my arms are, all right? So uh, uh, and there's no competition at all. And, and uh, uh, my ears can't say, hey, uh, to the eyes, hey, I could... Uh, see better than you. No, you can, all right? So with that, you know, a simple uh, uh, childlike illustration, you know, it's very obvious that's the same thing with our church. Don't try to compare yourself with another. God has made them differently. God has made you differently. You just need to submit yourself one to the other and love each other and receive each other as Christ received us. And let us make sure we have that and we need to submit ourselves to God. So, like-mindedness. And uh, let's give liberty to our Savior so that he gets glorified. We're limiting him by having strife or maybe different thoughts. We're limiting him. Let's really give him liberty so that he'll be honored and glorified and we'll be like-minded. Secondly, loving each other. Loving each other. Verse 2, having the same love. Being of one accord. Of one mind. Same love. Whose love? The love of Christ, of course. And uh, by the way, all these are available for you if you are saved. And, and do not say it can't happen. I can't do it. No. Uh, God could provide love. God could provide like-mindedness. And God could provide everything for you. And, uh, and God says you could have the same love one toward another. And the love of Christ that glorifies Christ. In John 13, verse 34, down to verse 35. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, ye have loved one another. See, God says, people will know that you are saved and you're my children if you love each other. And I hope we're loving each other. And uh, by the way, loving each other is not, I love you when you're good to me. No, that's not in any sense of the love of Christ. And loving each other means loving others all the time. And uh, why? Because it's supposed to be the love of Christ. Is the love of Christ conditional or unconditional? Unconditional. And that's the same love that God wants us to have toward others. No matter what that person has done, we got to love that person. And the world will not recognize this congregation as a church of the living God until we start loving each other, not based on self, but on the Savior. And let us make sure we love each other by the love of Christ. So with that, the harmony of the church. Secondly, the havoc of the church. Let us be warned of the havoc of the church. This is what the devil wants, division, to make havoc of the local church. He has started up in heaven, and he still wants to do more down here. And harmony is of God, but havoc is of the devil. And the devil wants us to waste all the time in the world having divisions, 
fighting, arguing, hating, and abusing. And, uh, and Apostle Paul writes of wasteful times. And number one, let's think about contention, the time of contention. Verse 3, let nothing be done through strife. That's what the Bible says there. Let nothing be done through strife. Notice the words, let nothing be done. Think of every area in your life today. Nothing should be done in strife. Marriage, friendship, church workers, serving together, family members, workplace, nothing be done in strife. And the reason why we have strife, I believe, is found in Proverbs 17, verse 19. Let's look at the slide. Let's read this together. This is going to help us. Let's read it together. Ready? He loveth transgression that loveth strife. You love transgression. You love iniquity. You love sin. You like to just kind of go out of your boundary, and, and, uh, and it's none of your business, to be honest with you. And, and you try to, in every sense, take control of things, and, and you're sinning against the Lord. And, and he, that, he loveth transgression that loveth strife. Oh, we love, we love to have strife and because we love to transgress toward another and sin against another and to put that person down and to really gossip about that person and, and uh, really, in every sense, belittle that person. And by the way, we've got to be careful what we say sometimes. And uh, I said something very, uh, uh, in every sense, discouraging to uh, one of the college students, and, and I apologized this morning about that. And I was all joking, and, and the person knew I was joking about it. And, uh, but I just felt uneasy last night, and, and I apologized. And, and in every sense, I want to make sure that I don't belittle people. And, uh, you know, sometimes we could get so sarcastic. And, uh, you know, we hurt people and that we truly uh, discourage people in serving the Lord. And I want to encourage you, don't do ministry with contention. And, uh, I mean, we could do things in the name of the Lord, but why are we doing it with strife? Why are we doing it with division? Okay, you might excuse yourself saying, I'm doing the work of God, but, hey, Nothing's going right over there. You're arguing all the time. You're disagreeing all the time. And you're not preferring one another. And, uh, you know, how could that be a local church and, and body of, uh, of believers together? And, uh, and I'm just telling you today, we've got to truly stop wasting time in contention. And uh, uh, let us truly strive for unity. Number two, uh, uh, the concerning the havoc of the church, not only contention, but conceit could truly bring havoc of the church. Verse 3, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. You know, we have... Great trouble lifting up ourselves, vainglory, and, uh, you know, not really glory because all true glory goes to our Savior, Jesus Christ. And what a waste of time for us to have this self-glorious time when we have such a great God to be glorified in our church. And, uh, you know, many times it's all about I and all about me and but that is not the Christian life. Christ never lived that way when he was here. It was always about others. Yes, he deserved all the glory, but he refrained from it, for he was a helpless lamb that was supposed to take away the sin of the world. And by the way, how did he refer to us in the dialogue with Peter in, in the last chapter of John? God says, feed my lamb. And Jesus Christ said once again, feed my sheep. 
and sheep do not fight each other to be a leader. Sheep always looks for the shepherd. They need to be led. And our chief shepherd is our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we've got to keep on looking for our Savior. And uh, we need to make sure we be guided by Him. And let's not try to lift ourselves up in any ways. I believe in the structure of the church. I believe in the pastoral authority. And I believe in what I'm doing this, morning, this evening. I believe in all that. I believe in what the Sunday school teachers are doing and, and what they're imparting to the many of the people in our church. I believe in all that. But I'm just simply saying that it's very important that we're not fighting each other and uh, due to our own conceit and arrogance and trying to lift ourselves up. No, let's lift up the Lord Jesus Christ. He must increase. I must decrease. And, uh, and let's not waste time with contention or conceit, but let us consider the, the, the greater goal is to please our Savior, Jesus Christ, our shepherd. And, uh, and the devil, the devil wants, to, wants us to truly uh, waste time in, in, in fighting each other and arguing with each other and, and having uh, uh, grudges toward against each other. And, and let us make sure we don't let the devil uh, uh, get his way in our hearts and, and also in, in the work of God. So contention and conceit, let us make sure. But number three, I'm finished. Let's think about the heart of the church, the heart of the church. Verse three and four. But in loneliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. I believe this is the main problem. We don't have, the, we don't have time for compassion. We have time for contention and conceit sometimes, but we often do not have time for compassion. And compassion goes a long way. I think about a Chinese proverb. I know it's, it's a, in every sense not from the Bible, but I think it's a very good thought. If there is righteousness in the heart, there will be beauty in the character. If there is beauty in the character, there will be harmony in the home. If there is harmony in the home, there will be order in the nation. If there is order in the nation, there will be peace in the world. And uh, it all starts with the heart. That's what the Chinese proverb is saying. And how is your heart toward another person? It's going to really go a long way if you have compassion. Some have compassion making a what? difference. And I want to encourage you to have compassion. Each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man in his own things, every man also on the things of others. When was the last time we did that? And uh, how about today? And, and how are we treating each other? And, and how are we imparting the love of Christ toward another? And, uh, and I, I hope you're mentoring somebody as a Christian. And especially if you are, in, in every sense, a veteran Christian, I encourage you to mentor somebody along the way, a younger Christian, and, and encourage them along, the, uh, uh, along this journey and, and, uh, and try to uh, give them uh, uh, the experiences that you had and also give them uh, different uh, uh, type of advice that they need as they grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and uh, I think about uh, 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 somebody asked Martin Luther, and not Martin Luther King Jr., but Martin Luther. And uh, <coughs> somebody asked, hey, if you were to die uh, uh, tomorrow, what would you do today? And uh, Martin Luther replied, I will, I, I, I will uh, plant a tree. And, uh, you know, uh, in every sense, he was being, uh, 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 he was using metaphor. And uh, he was simply saying, hey, I will impart 
another life. And, and I would try to influence another person. And I would try to grow another person. And, uh, you know, uh, it's very important to recognize that uh, there's somebody next to you, there's somebody in this church who needs consolation and encouragement and some mentorship. And I encourage you to do that and have compassion. And uh, we need some people who will carry the work of compassion today. And I heard about four bones in a church, four bones, the wishbones, number one, wishing somebody would do something about the problem. And then secondly, the jawbones, doing all the talking but very little else. And then the knuckle bones, those who knock everything down. And then the backbones, those who carry the brunt of the load and do most of the work. And I want to encourage you, don't be a wishbone, don't be a jawbone, don't be a knuckle, knuckle bone, but be a backbone, all right? And be a backbone of the church and, and try to do your best to uh, uh, impart compassion toward other people. And I hope we truly have the backbone uh, uh, Christianity in our church who will strive for the harmony and avoid havoc of the church and have the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, I want to encourage you this evening. There is somebody who needs your prayer today. There is somebody who needs to be encouraged today. And they might not share with you because they're introvert, and they might not share with you and, uh, because uh, maybe they're insecurity. But you might want to strike up a conversation, and you might want to ask what's wrong, and, and you might want to ask how they're doing. Hey, let's have a heart of compassion it will go a very long way. And, uh, you know, uh, 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 I'm sure many of you know, uh, a lady has been coming to our church for the last couple of weeks, and, and she has always given me good news about our church. And, and she always, always let me know every single service and every single Bible study she gets out from. She said, I've always been encouraged here. And, uh, and, and she's finding encouraging people. And that's a great health sign of our church. Thank you for being encouraging. Thank you for being friendly. Thank you for, in every sense, trying to go out of your way to be a blessing to others here. I know sometimes it doesn't always work out. And, and uh, you know, uh, even today a visitor came and, and uh, I asked him, did you get a book? And he says, uh, 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 no, I don't need it. And, uh, you know, I always wanted to get him into the building again and get him a book and get him a donut and get him a coffee. But it didn't work out. But I did my best, and I, I didn't try to pressure him and make him feel uncomfortable. And, by the way, we live in a very different generation. And, and uh, 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 many of my generation, they're very, you know, uh, uh, skeptical about, uh, you know, uh, uh, leadership and church all the time. And they're not in any sense, trusting you right away, like the, uh, uh, the older generations in the past. And, and uh, why? Because, I mean, look at our government right now, okay? And, uh, I mean, look at all the websites that people have to uh, look and blogs and different articles. And, and a lot of our young uh, generation, they don't trust people right away. And to be honest, many of the college graduates uh, who come out of university I saw statistics that 70, over 70% of them do not tr trust the church organization. I mean, I mean, it's that hard to reach young people now after college. And, uh, I mean, think about it. They'll get married after a few years, and then they start having a job, and they're just kind of grounded in their own philosophy. And, and uh, you know, that's why children's ministry is born, teenage ministry is born, and, and try to uh, get them why their hearts are soft and, and try to let them know about the truth. 
But I'm just simply saying, you know, uh, uh, when we have visitors here and guests here, I'm not discouraged if they just come here and just kind of leave. Uh, if we just do our best to love them and care for them and, 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 and just show some friendliness, hey, I think it's going to go a long way. And, and we don't know what the Lord is doing. Like I shared in the greeting this morning, let's have faith in our God who I believe is doing something through us and in our lives. And we may not see it. Okay? That's what faith is all about. Okay? Faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, let us make sure we're there for each other and, and there for those uh, uh, who do visit our church. Let's show friendliness and sh- let's show them that we are unified. Okay? And, uh, and not just by, you know, surface, but deep down in our hearts we're unified. And it's not just a, a cliche thing to do in the sense in our conversation, but we're truly knit one toward each other.